connect. That means music is on its way. Tax the rich, feed the poor, tell there are no rich no more. We'll let Mr. Alvin Lee, 10 years after, officially open us up here on this Monday morning, the 6th of December, 21, so 12, 6, 21, and uh, gosh, I guess tomorrow's the day that lives in infamy. Uh, every day should live in infamy with what uh, these bastards are doing to us, and uh, and it is to some extent. Um, so anyway, here we go to discuss such things, how to remove yourself from it painfully and easily uh and that's what we do here is for your freedom roger sales radio ranch and it is the euro folk radio following uh radio network let me short sheet them there uh following uh, such illustrious hosts as andy hitchcock and uh, proud to be so we were just talking a little bit about that before we went on the air live but i wanted to save some of it uh because uh, it's Good radio. Anyway, welcome Monday morning, guys. How's everybody doing? Good? Yep. Well, that's good to hear. Um, <laughs> I did get a couple of different people that told me that uh, the my name came up on a few different places over the weekend and um, that there was some discussion. There's some been a little bit of movement on all this, thanks to Wayne. Uh, I guess Wayne. I don't know if Wayne's with us or not. Uh, but uh, Wayne did contact his guy and uh, copied me uh, or told me about it and gave me his email. I need to follow up and send him the usual package. Uh, and then I guess over the weekend, I think Samuel told me that he was riding home from something and was listening to Republic and somebody was on there and Leon uh, called in and uh, was uh, singing our praises here, what we do and whatnot. And a couple other people piled in and then by that time samuel was home and he closed out the show with some kind of accolade so we uh got a foot in the door i guess over there at republic that'd be kind of nice to maybe have an afternoon uh two-hour slot on republic if they're going to take john's prime time slot and and dice it up among a few different people that'd be interesting don't you think mm-hmm. um great so uh, we'll see about that. Evidently, there was some talk on revolution, revolutionary or revolution radio uh, uh, yesterday. Don't know much more about that than what I'm telling you about the same thing. Kind of. I don't know. Uh, but that's the impression I got. So, uh, you know, we're getting out there a bit. And uh, I also uh, did have an exchange. Thanks to Murr for helping me out there. And I also put a bug in Paul's ear. And I've been in contact with Andy. And sometime after the first of the year, we're going to get a show scheduled. Uh, so he's, uh, you know, everybody's end of the year, end of the year. Wait till after the first of the year. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Whatever. Uh, so I guess that's where we are in the calendar year. And those kind of things do happen. Uh, so anyway, it shows a lot of progress. And I think maybe we'll turn the corner on 22 and uh, with a little bit of a head start. So that's kind of interesting. And uh, we'll see. It's a day at a day time. I've been doing this for so many years. And I would have thought it would have broken a long time ago, many years ago, um, much to my chagrin and dismay. And sometimes uh, it hasn't. But 
I got to realize it's not my timetable that we're adhering to here. And I've tried to incorporate that into my thinking and my actions and the way I understand all this and the way I approach it and the way I teach it. And uh, I suppose when the time is right, uh, the, the big guy will open the door. That's all I know to do. I, I know I, I can't fret myself and beat myself up because uh, because we're not there yet. So all we can do is just uh, we and myself is just to get better at what we do do, strengthen our ranks where we can, build as good a platform and as solid a foundation as we can get, and wait for the right time and the opening of the big door. It's keep coming. On, keep on. You got to keep on keeping on. Put one front in front of the. You know the only the only way that you lose here is if you quit. With like as with most things in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mentioned to Jeff on, on listening to Andy. Uh, he had Malithicus, I think that's right, Malithicus on with him, and he de- deferred to his producer, Frank, who I've never heard him defer to, in a, at least as the somewhat limited amount of time I've been listening to Andy on a regular basis, but I've just never heard him mention Frank before. Had you? That's what I wanted to ask you, Jeff. I recognize the name, but I I might have heard him once before, but didn't remember. Well, the reason I bring it up is he's uh, very witty and had uh, a, a prepared kind of uh, statement that he obviously had written. And uh, he had some great one-liners. I wish I could remember all of them <laughs> because I found myself chuckling as I'm going about my morning here. Uh, but I, I did remember one of them at the first when he said, Joe and Hunter Biden have t- have gotten more kickbacks than a horse proctologist. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and he said something about somebody moving as as slow as a lap dancer getting off Hunter Biden's lap or something. <laughs> he is uh, quite clever. I, when I get back with Andy, I'm gonna have to tell him he made an impression on me. So. That's one of the great attributes of the English, the Brits over there, is that dry sense of humor they've got. Uh, you know, the Monty Python kind of deal and some of the uh, – who are some of the the funny, risque TV uh, programs that they used to have? What was Benny that? Hill. Benny Hill. That's the one I'm thinking of. Benny Hill and some of that stuff. Man, my dad used to love that stuff. Well, Faulty Towers was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, too. <laughs> Ah, Lord of mercy. Well, it's nice to laugh. You know, here at my little uh, my little Hobbit house apartment, uh, which is a beautiful day in Ecuador today, by the way. And um, my, I think I've told you a little bit about the scenario here. And I rent from a architect and his wife, and I uh, they built this uh, this Hobbit house uh, across the courtyard from their big house. So it's got a lot of windows and stuff, and and skylights, and uh, I can look over and see their house, and then attached to their house is a really nice uh, pat covered patio they've got. And a couple of, uh, you know, fire burning deal just to, if you're out there at night for heat and, and the enjoyment of it, a, a cooking grill, a couple of big tables. Obviously, they've had a lot of family stuff out there and parties over the years. And then every Wednesday night, the, um, uh, the, the wife's two sisters and the husband play, play cards for a couple hours. That seems to be the weekly routine that I've kind of seen since I've been here. Well, Saturday night, they had a party out there. 
and they were just having a great time. There's more couples because a couple of boisterous male voices and whatnot. I didn't go out and mix and mingle with them. Uh, and, but I was sitting there thinking as much as I enjoyed us watching some of these college football games, you know, and uh, thinking I haven't heard a jovial situation like that in, in, in almost two years. Of people that were just kind of carefree like it used to be and having a good time and uh, uh, not all this somber, uh, oppressive uh, overhang over everybody, everything and everything you're doing. And it was uh, it was a nice little relief. And I noted it and I wanted to mention it. So there still is some laughter and goodness in this world. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, times it's hard to get to it with a lot of people in their individual circumstances. But uh, I, I think we've turned a corner. These guys are clearly losing. Uh, they, they're still pushing hard and you can expect them to do that. They know that this is their deal. You know, this time they don't walk away unscathed. It's too egregious. It's too widespread. It's just too, uh, uh, totally premeditated. Uh, it's easy to go back and point the fingers, even though they've got hidden behind straw men organizations and whatnot. Um, but, uh, uh, this time is uh, this time. There's got to be some examples set, and I think it it amazes me when I hear people like uh, uh, the good uh, the good doctor uh, Zaleski, whatever Doctor Z will call Zelenko. Him. Zelenko. Dr. Zelenko, I get those last names confused. Thank you, Jeff. It's good. Jeff is like my Ed McMahon here. Uh, Dr. Zelenko's statement that they need to be taken out of the gene pool. You didn't rouse. Okay. I mean, that's a, I, I, I was, I found that to be a very sober statement, especially coming from him and coming from the fact that he used to be an atheist. So, uh, uh, hello, hello. Someone we've got a female coming in. Somebody had their video on there for a minute, and they're still walking around outside or something. That's cool. Uh, so anyway, that's a little bit of the monologue and the stuff I had on my mind here this morning as we get kicked off. Uh, has anybody got anything there on their minds they want to bring forward? We got any new kind of folks that have questions or any of that kind of stuff? I'd be happy to entertain them. No. <clears throat> <clears throat> yes, somebody had a mic open. Yeah, uh, Roger. If is the, is the DS eleven similar to the fifty five hundred four form, or is I mean, which one should I be looking at? Well, I don't know. It depends. Well, I think it depends on where you are in the process. Is this John? Yeah. Okay. Hey, John. Um, it depends. It depends on if it's the first time you've ever gotten a passport or not. Okay, I already have a, a passport. When did you get it? In the early 90s. It may be past the 15-year limit. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it seems to be in this renewal form, there's six check boxes on the first page of the instructions, I guess, which is very unusual. Any other passport form I've ever seen didn't have that. So that's a new, relatively new uh, modification. I've got two forms here that I picked up back when I was in the States. So they're back all the way to 2007 variety. Okay. And uh, there was just two. There was an orange initial one, a DS-11, and a purple, whatever the other one number is. on DS-82. 82, okay. Uh, and those are the two forms that I've gotten. They've got another one now on the front page. they got some 
checks they want you to check if you check all six of them you use that form if you don't check all six of them i guess you use 82 or another form hell or go back to the first i'm not sure okay quite honestly but if it is your first time of getting a passport and this is kind of significant if it is the first time that you've gotten one or if you in your case john you may have to go back and start at the first again i had somebody say they had to do that the other day okay i don't remember who anyway um you will have to go in front of an administrating official to sign the passport application that's the big difference and if you've already had one and gone through that then you get to use one of the other renewal forms if you're in the right category to do that now that's interesting isn't it because in that ds11 if you don't have a post office if you got one of these one horse post officers or something where they don't have an administrating official they want you to go in front of a judge and sign that passport application wow okay now a question is have you ever heard of any other government form where you had to front go in front of an administrating official to sign it or a judge if there wasn't one well i don't know what immigrants do but i don't think i ever heard of that Okay, so very highly, there may be some other cases. I'm not saying there's not, but they're very rare, okay, if they're out there. And it shows you the importance of this one first deal. Because see here, they've got to confront you with the information that you can get out of this. And you've got to move forward uh, uh, either way, but on, from their standpoint, not knowing you've got an option and them being able to trick you. So it's very important. Now, I would also add, you can go back. Like I said, I've got one from 2007 here. And since I started teaching this and about the warning box label, they've actually changed the oath on both passport applications, which is no easy feat or something they do flippantly because this is what is termed legally an information gathering request have you run across all this information john in your studies yeah okay well just for the audience it might not have i'll try and abbreviate it after watergate there was a big piece of legislation when they're trying to open up the old uh, the old bureaucracy you know a little more scrutiny the sunshine of it uh they passed this legislation called the paperwork reduction act and it's supposed to have any agency there's only probably about 200 of them back then right if maybe less any agency that has a piece of paper that's called a public information gathering request which is just to the public at large in general has to go through the office of management and budget and a very very strict set of criteria to make sure that it meets all the constitutional muster in this endeavor and so and then it gets an omb number that's attached to it and so and only uh, uh, agencies that have information public information gathering requests literature cannot put it out if it doesn't have an omb number on it so it's kind of a catch-22 and it's not something they go through easily or flippantly and evidently the office of management and budget is pretty tight on their scrutiny of these documents okay uh, so they had to go in and actually go through all that change so they could put four little I've read and understand. There's four little checks now under the oath. And the last one is I've read and understand the warning box on page so-and-so of the instructions. 
Now, what they're doing there, because that didn't used to be there, didn't the other ones weren't either. It was just the oath, all right? They are covering their asses. So you don't think they're conscious of this stuff? If you're one of those skeptics out there that still can't believe this works, this, that, and the other, and can't see the clear-cut lines of demarcation and how they've got their distinct area that they can control and do and manipulate and massage, and the others they can't see, and by and far the most part, they, they recognize it. Okay, uh, If you're over there in their, uh, their little jaded area where they can screw with you, they'll certainly uh, do everything they can to screw with you. But if you're not, pretty much from... Everything I've been able to see over all these years is they play it pretty straight by the lines of demarcation on jurisdiction. So, John, I think if you got one in the early 80s, it may be about 20 years ago, you very well may have to go back and do an 11 again. What I'd do is maybe contact them and ask. Yeah, it expired in 2000, so it's over 20. Well, they, well, it specifically said 15 because I was just looking at somebody from uh, the other night I was helping, and uh, I'd never seen that before, and I'd never seen an application where you can mark on it and send in, I guess, part of the instructions in with the applicable pages where they're asking informational questions, basically. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. For well, when I'd say check with them, but I, I and I'll tell you what. Why don't you let us know? Because I'm not an expert on this, and we're all kind of learning together on some of the changes they've made and uh, some how to do it and what some of the lines are. Hmm. Man, I this mean, one was only good for for ten years. This last one I had really last ten years. Well, they yeah. only you know, they only last ten years. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's standard. In fact, I heard of some of them. Passports for 10 years. They're good for ID later. Yeah, I'm sure you can use it for ID later. So I've got a lot younger on it. (laughs) Yeah, I've got to go through the process. Mine expired back in August. I just haven't renewed it yet. So, um, okay. Anyway, thank you. You're welcome, man. Thank you. Everything else going pretty good in your understanding? You getting your arms around all this? Yeah, I mean, just still shaking the maritime thing off my shoulder. That wasn't easy. <laughs> I tell you, it takes some want to get some of that bad information. I'd almost much rather have somebody that hadn't been exposed to all that kind of garbage, in all honesty. Because, man, it's difficult getting it out of some people's minds and habits. You know, there's this uh, uh, they're out in, in the Southern California. I don't know where it came from, who's teaching it. Maybe you guys can help me out this living man statement i'm living man where's that coming from uh i've heard one of the gurus out there i don't know which one you're right i definitely heard of that well you see the problem with it is that okay well uh this guy's going through i'm talking with it's using that language he's gonna file an affidavit i said we haven't filed it yet you haven't got to the post office yet does that mean you're not a living man now i know Okay, and so it's it's a it's really a basic matter of political status that that determines your status. Are you free? Are you slave? There's only two of them. Well, you know, okay, when you were a slave, you weren't living. Well, hell, I guess if you were a slave and you realized that you probably wish you weren't living, I can understand that. But I can't imagine you sitting there being a slave and say, I'm not living. Because you're living, you're living a miserable life with somebody sucking your essence or totally dominating and using you. 
So anyway, the problem with that to me is it gives a kind of a false connotation in somebody's mind if you're trying to talk about this stuff. You see, the words and the way we use the words dictates the reality that we're in. Okay, and you start doing that and and I'm a ship sailing on the land or the old straw man. Well, straw man's at least a little more accurate than living man, because living man connotes that you were non-living in the other thing. Okay, you're either living or you're non-living. Or am I getting an incorrect connotation off that that usage of that phrase? No, that's better. Yeah. Artificial. Okay, so a uh, straw man at least uh, gives a significance of a, a, of a boogeyman somewhere. Well, actually, it's just a political status. It's really whether somebody has property rights in you. But so many of our people don't even understand the difference and the definition of property and how it's used legally, such as, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the... the uh, I can't even think of the guy's name, the the one that refuses to get pa- past the surface uh, word person. So anyway, I mean, that guy's been out there teaching that crap for five years, and he's supposed to be very intellectual and very intelligent, and he very well may be, but I don't know why he can't see past one level well, uh, that there's two levels on these definitions of these words, and he doesn't seem to be able to either understand it or accept it, one of the two. Okay, and so now all the how many people has unfortunately have been uh, exposed to his crap teachings? Who pardon my French? His crap teachings, his his shortfall. Because you see, he he and I had this discussion about Gaius and what this was, and he didn't he did not want to accept it or even take evidently in five years the time to look into it. Wow. So you see, those are kind. Of, unfortunately, those are the kind of people we got running around our uh, our movement, trying to think they're right. Don't want to listen to anything else. How you expect us to come to a consensus? For God's sakes, when you're out there dealing with those types of people. Well, see, I just got the point. I don't deal with them. I try and go find you guys that are either uh, teachable and can get that old crap out of your mind or else brand new and have a clean slate, and you're the ideal candidate because then we can grab you and teach you all the right habits. You know, a word is the skin of a thought. We communicate with concepts. We identify them with labels, words. And, and if you don't get those things in sync, you see, you see from our, our legal stuff we do here, the crystallization of reality when you, when you do that. They set us up with generalities and zap us with specificities. That's their whole program is that right there set up left hook left uppercut right hook bam set you up with generalities here use this word in all this wide definition here we're going to come back with a right hook and get you right on the jaw with a real specific exact meaning when i use a word humpty dumpty said you know the whole deal it means just what i said it means no more no less question is said alice How can you make a word mean so many different things? The question is, said Humpty Dumpty, who is to be master? That's all. That's why it's important. Yeah, and the dictionaries don't help us either. I mean, well, the dictionaries, the hell they own them. Well, they own own all the dictionaries. I'll give you a perfect example. I don't know if you've heard this, John. 
uh, in the, the finest dictionary in the world is the Oxford English Dictionary. So if you go into a real library, I think it's about 13 volumes. Are you familiar with that dictionary? Yeah, it's really it's in the library. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah, or there was a condemn. I had one of these before I left. I gave it away to a guy that was uh, my buddy at the newspaper there in Panama City. I found it at, in Atlanta in a uh, thrift shop, and it, they've got them condensed down to two volumes where the print's real, real, real fine. There's four pages on one page. Have you ever seen one of those? I saw one volume, not two. Yeah, they break it into two. Anyway, uh, in in that very fine dictionary terrorism used to be defined and of course the reason audience if you're not familiar with that is because it goes through the etymology of every word and it goes through the etymology in such a way that it does it chronologically where it gives you the volumes and the places and whatever the work was where the word first appeared and the year and it goes down a little litany of those so the definition of terrorism was intimidation by government as in the French Revolution, and they've changed it. It's not number one anymore. <laughs> so just, you know, it's like what they do with blacks. You can go into blacks and go to the term United States, to the newer ones, and then go back to, like, the fourth edition and and look at the court side in there. Oh, this term has several meanings. I don't say that anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, they're real good about covering their tracks and doing this. I mean, um, but... I think above anybody in the world, we're probably more aware of their tricks uh, uh, than anybody, honestly, because uh, a lot of these other guys just don't have this depth of understanding and this basis of how they're using these exact words and having their definition that's imputed into whatever term we're talking about. That's the key to the matrix because the matrix is built around those exact definitions of those key terms when we learn what they're doing we use them too that's the dialectic bam that's why this works okay and uh, invariably some of our people i want i'm a, I'm a the, uh, this national or a that national or you know just use the tam word national i it's our people and i'll tell you the lord was right our people are a stiff neck people Okay, and some of them they're just bound and determined. Damn it, they're going to do it their way. It doesn't matter if they have the intellectual understanding of what I just went over, the importance of it, or anything else. They're going to do it their damn way. Well, okay, okay, I quit fighting with them. So, anybody got any comments, questions? You want to do it your way? You want to tell me how you're doing it? Is there anybody out there that you know of with a decent remedy and a solution to this mess? And my, my old passport says United States of America, not the United. Well, the, the key thing is, is not the, is of America. Oh, okay. The difference is United States is the federal corporation. United States of America is the nation. And they put both of them on the passport. One of them's in the background. It says USA, USA, USA. And then in some of the verbiage, it'll just say United States. Okay. They're slick little bastards. I mean, these guys are absolutely unbelievably slick.
And I would never know it had I not gotten in through the peripheral side. And once you get in, find out about American Samoa. See, I didn't realize even at the start of this when the book was written about American Samoa. That's a whole new revelation to me since the book was written. And that was layered on there to take the people that aren't like us that don't know about the 14th Amendment and some of this history and this there aren't scrutinizing these guys, the ones that are looking at, I think, that passport oath. And they're reading out, I'm a citizen of the United States or a non-citizen national. I don't know what a non-citizen national is, but I've been Pavlovianly conditioned that I'm a citizen, and I know I am, so I know I can't be that, and I'm not going to go look into it. There's your enemy right there. And you can be a state citizen, and that makes it even more confusing, right? Yes. But... uh, uh but that was, and as I said, you can see how they take the whoop and the woof. Is that something that sounds like something that Brent would say? They, they, they take that, and then they take it away, and they manipulate it and massage it to use it in other totally different situations. And the example is in Publication 519 of the IRS. Now, the IRS is not an official government agency so they don't have to go through any of this rigmarole with office of management and budget and public information gathering requests only thing they need is make sure that a 1040 form has that stuff that's the only public information gathering request they use but when they're sending out stuff they don't have even strict oversight guidelines to adhere to. And the proof, as I'm going to show you, is in Publication 519. And the statement is, a national owes complete allegiance to the United States, to the U.S. John, what's wrong with that? Allegiance to the United States? Yep. It doesn't say America. Nope. Just U.S., this is the federal. So a national owes complete allegiance to the U.S., is the statement in the publication. See, this was shown to me by one of these guys that insists on reading everything. Well, it doesn't say that there. You know, one of these guys, instead of looking at the concepts. Okay? And so he threw this at me, and that's the only reason I know about it. But it's very, very clever what they're doing right there. Because as opposed to the other on the Certificate of Non-Citizen Nationality, that policy statement from travel.state.gov that we use so frequently, that's such a bonanza of proofs, down at the bottom, it comes a single statement, which is on definition A also, by the way. It is definition A, the statement, in the Nationality Act of 1940. That's where they set all this stuff up, and that one is in the statutes at large, the organic laws of the U.S., the Nationality Act of 1940. It's definition A. It's repeated over here in this policy document at travel.state.gov, the Certificate of Non-Citizen Nationality, and it says a national owes total allegiance to a small less state. 
Now, in the IRS publication, it says a national owes total allegiance to the U.S. Well, which one is it? And what does U.S. mean? Well, U.S. means federal government. But that's not the important. The importance is the he has the euro and allegiance to it. Of course, because that's the front end of the formula, allegiance for protection, protection for allegiance. So that's your jurisdictional nexus. Well, a national does no total allegiance to the U.S. He owes total allegiance to the smallest state. That's in the organic statutes at large. Okay, so what are they doing? They're leaving off non-citizen in the IRS publication definition. They're just unhooking it and throwing that in there. If there's anybody that's looking for an answer and they stumble on that, it's just going to totally, totally further confuse them. Why? Because they don't know the concepts of allegiance for protection. They don't know the other stuff that we just brought out surrounding that little, very clever non-use of the, of the adjective non-citizen national. These guys, I'm, I keep telling you, these boys are really slick. You got to be on your A game if you're going to totally be on top of this mentally for yourself. And the only way you're going to do it is to learn the concepts and have those things. And okay, you see something that's confusing, just like that. Well, what's what's the jurisdiction? What's the formula for jurisdiction? Protection for allegiance, allegiance for protection. Is there allegiance from a state citizen national to the federal government? No, not unless you're a resident or or a citizen of the United States. Then there is. Otherwise, your allegiance is to a small s state, the state of your that you claim to be or born in. So I, it's in learn, and that's why I keep hammering on learn the basics, and why I mentioned it yesterday. I had a letter from a nice lady named Mary, and um, Mary, uh, I guess, uh, got exposed to the information and me on over there on the Sunday platform, and so she's been reading. I've been reading. I've been listening to these videos, these audios. Hello. This is a stupid Windows message here. Hold on. Oh, sorry. Wrong alert. Anyway, I've been listening to these videos. I've been reading. And do you have any forms that, that uh, you know, not government forms, like I think she was talking about, that at least the impression I got, was forms like, uh, hey, here's your affidavit form. We used to have those, but one of the things I've come to understand and try and do it as much as possible with all you guys is uh, make you write your own paperwork as kind of a graduation from at least having a basic knowledge of the information and an understanding, a working knowledge, if you will, of it. And the reason for that is because without that, as I've tried to, you know, we've talked before, without that the empowerment process doesn't really start with you. In other words, when you file this, if, you, if I was to charge you and you, I sent you a one-sentence deal and you signed it and sent it in for a passport pick card, you, would, you, would you then, as soon as you got it in the mail, would you go start studying? Well, no. You're going to just, you're going to be, life's going to guide your word like it had been up to that point. Okay? And the problem with that is that outside, nothing really changes your world once you do this. Did anybody's world dramatically change when they file their affidavit? Anybody? It, it just goes right. It just goes like always did, doesn't it? 
But see, the change isn't with the world. The change is with you. And if you don't have this information, there's a basis. Your mind doesn't start working on it and churning it out. And now the empowerment process either doesn't start as well, doesn't start at all, or, 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 or maybe just sits back there and percolates for a while. But that's my intent is to try and get the information in there and to get us not only free but empowered, or at least on the way to be. That way that we're a group of strong individuals that are really strong. Okay, and so that's kind of my method. I'm a little bit, um, I'm a little bit hamstrung by the fact that I, I want this bad, and it's gotten it to a point where you can explain this pretty easy to folks and get them to do this pretty easily. And uh, right now, at this critical time, as you know, we need we well, what I know, what I know scares the woo woo out of these people is numbers. The fact that we got numbers of people and they're just a handful of these little satanic bastards that have attained all this wealth through all this fraud and deceit, they're, they're much more aware of it than we are. And, and getting us organized is also pretty damn difficult. You know, I remember reading years ago when, they, when the big Jewish immigration from Europe started around the turn of last century. And as soon as they, the two things, they called New York, of course, most of them came in through Ellis Island. They called New York the golden honeycomb. And their battle cry was organize, organize, organize. So they've been laying those important connections and organizations connected in that kind of hive workability, if you will for many many years they're way ahead of us on this but we got many more people than they do and uh they had to organize like that because it's a relatively small amount of people that are pulling this off uh i guess the opposite is you, uh, the dialectic is you don't need a small amount to overcome something like that you got a large amount of people and it can be overcome they don't have to all know the same thing and be working together like the hive mind that people that were controlling through that do. So anyway, that's uh, that's where we are, and that's the kind of you know I want to push forward and say here, just take this. But I want I want these people to understand so that we at least get some strength in our ranks of understanding and empowerment. So uh, that's kind of the method and the reason that I do what we do here, the way we do it. so i know somebody's got okay john you got something what's your comment they need forms to keep their tricks going we already have forms. well their problem is is they tell so damn many lies they get tripped up on them uh and that's happening to them right now with all these things breaking and i just we're we're seeing so much significant information come out i can't remember all of it that i heard over the weekend but there are just a whole lot of things that are breaking. Uh, something like a thousand attorneys in Europe uh, that are getting in on some kind of a lawsuit against the creeps. They're trying to push the EU. I guess Germany's got a February 1st mandatory vaccination date, right? Are they going to go house to house? Isn't that what I've heard over the weekend? I, I don't know. I didn't hear that. But I think so. I think so. Uh, so the EU, they're pressing. They know they've got to get going and get this done, and there ain't no way they're going to get all the people in the world to cowtail down to their little pressure crap here. 
especially in Europe. <laughs> Not sure. to do that. There. Um. So. Uh, so we'll see. Thank goodness uh, our forefathers put the Second Amendment in there because if it wasn't, it'd probably be happening in the U.S. with the guns, the private amount of guns out there. They're a little bit more cautious in the U.S. Hmm. So very, very interesting times. So uh, nobody got any questions or comments here on this Monday? Can't we get a brisk conversation going somewhere on something? I have a question. Oh, this goody. I had a female. Hey, Dawn, how you doing? I sent you. <laughs> I answered your email, I think. Yes, I got it. Um, and I've forwarded it to two other people. Good. So, um, question regarding someone who has uh, Hispanic parents that were born outside of the U.S., but she was born in the U.S. How does she do the affidavit? <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm a citizen of the United States. She she was a, a signed citizen of the United States at birth because she was born in the U.S. She's called an anchor baby. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. Well, she's a citizen of the United States. That she means like everybody else. That means she's a national, just like everybody else, and all she's got to do is make the declaration. Okay. So now, if her parents have been naturalized, did her parents then come over to the U.S.? Um, I believe so. Did yes. they? Did they naturalize? That I don't know. Okay, well, you may want to ask her. I don't know that it has any real bearing on it, because she was born here. She fits the criteria. She does it just like everybody else. Okay. Yeah. So, how are you coming with the information, Dawn? Uh, pretty good. Um. I am trying to get other people on board with this. Um, two other people jumped at the chance. Um, I had one friend. She's not so sure about it. Yeah, well, you know, you don't want to push people where they're not comfortable. And it does take time with people. I mean, um, it's some people that take my friend Harvey. Have you heard Harvey on here? Yes. Well, we've known each other 30 years. He's he's known me the whole time I was developing all this. And then I wrote the book 10 years ago, and he never read it. Now, in Harvey's defense, he was taking care of his mother uh, uh, for a number of those years as a caregiver. And uh, so he didn't have the time with all the stuff he was going through with that situation. But finally, after all these years, when his mom died and a few months got under the bridge, then he came back around and got a hold of this and went, holy smokes. You know, I, was, I said, Harvey, I've been trying to tell you for all these years, you know. Um, so you just never know with people. But the best thing you can do is plant seeds and be there if they've got any questions. And uh, you might you can drop little hints or whatever as you're learning. Hey, did you know then something that made impress you or whatever? And you'll find your own way of getting comfortable with the information and the things that you find that are important to you that you would want to deliver to other people when you're presenting it, you know. But certainly I never try and put pressure on people to do this. And the reason is because I had to put a lot of thought into this when I was getting ready to do this years ago. Okay, on w- w- how to do it. Okay, and why? 
And you see, what I've come to understand is it's not my place to tell you which set of laws you want to live under. That's your decision. And I don't, I don't want to try and influence or force somebody to do it. And then something bad happened to them, come back, Roger, you told me to do this. I did not. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Right. I want to let you know that you've got a choice that you didn't know that you had more than likely and that you can make a defined uh, intelligent decision on which set of laws and political system you want to live under. Now I'm very comfortable with whatever decision you make. You know, it's the watchman on the wall uh, prophecy from the Old Testament. You know, if you see danger coming and you don't tell your fellow man, the blood's on your hands. If you do tell him and he ignores you, the blood's on his hands. Well, I want the blood on their hands. Right. So that's kind of the way I do it, the way I do. Um, Are there anybody on this? Is there anybody on this call that has done it and, like, has any kind of... um, story to tell that they were shocked about like something happened to them kind of like the the story of the woman on the flight that she took and oh out there victoria yes out there in la at lax we've got several of those stories anybody any of you guys on here i don't think the two driving story guys are on here one of them had a a gun purchase story that was interesting anybody else have any any interesting it's kind of like ryan's question do you have any of those letters any of these big victory situations right yeah Yeah. well i'm going to tell you kind of what i told ryan generally we don't we hear about those kind of things and maybe there's a couple here i may be wrong but generally the reason that that doesn't become an issue is because they do what you want them to do so somebody does anybody have one of those for dawn well can you hear me yes sir this is greg wolf hey greg hi <laughs> didn't know you were lurking there i just got on okay. i've been uh, i've been looking you know here and there over different days but uh you know i i saw i just wanted to listen in and and then uh heard uh, I believe it's Don there mm-hmm. from California talking about. Does anybody have any one of those experiences? She. Uh, I should let you guys know. Don Greg works with John, and it was John that turned Don onto this. If I remember correctly, isn't that right, Don? Yes. Okay. Yes. So there's a connection there. Oh, awesome, hey, Greg. Awesome. I was just with John uh, over uh, Thanksgiving. Oh, nice. Yeah, stopped by his house there in Riverside, and, and uh, we talked for a little while. I was uh, I was in Manhattan Beach and also in, in uh, um, oh, gosh, I always forget, Carson. There we go. Over there doing my thing uh, with some of my clients. And, um, but I, um, I've had uh, some amazing experiences. I'll give you one of them here. Um and this one's uh, this one's dramatic. I've never told it um, on a public broadcast, hmm. but 
Um, We're honored. I'm. Uh, I guess I'm. I'm here to to kind of lay it on you. So I was in some situations where we had a, a big, big mining operation in the South Pacific. I had a partner. We got into a lot of trouble with the U.S. government because um, we had some assets on that island uh, that we had as a mining operation that had some very what they call strategic assets. We were set up. Um, we were, and uh, basically, I was, uh, I was uh, uh, indicted along with my partner on the same charges, and I spent uh, five and a half months inside a jail cell mm. in Maricopa County. Um, and so, um, w- at one point, uh, I had made enough. Uh, you know, good friends in my life that one of them was in Washington, D.C. He heard about it. He said, and he's known me for 35 years. He said, this ain't going to freaking happen on my watch. He um, got me an attorney, not one of their <laughs> public pretenders, but um, an actual uh, real attorney who was a criminal uh, defense lawyer. He got me out pretty fast, uh, but I still had to go. And, of course, I had five more years to uh, to uh, be on what's called pretrial services. But immediately upon getting out, uh, I went head deep, did a deep dive on saying, I can never let this happen again. What is the nexus here? How did they do this? I want to get myself free. What, you know? what year? What year was this, Greg? Okay, so that happened in two thousand seven. Okay, relatively recently, when I was leaving the country, go thinking about it. Oh, okay, yeah. So two thousand seven is when I was held in in Juro uh, Pio's uh, Gray mm. Bar Motel, uh-huh. and um, and then I got out approximately at. Um, at uh, the, the December twelfth of of two thousand seven, was immediately met by uh, I, I I was I was fighting so many battles at once. All I could do was, you know, immediately uh, my uh, my wife gave me with divorce papers. Of, co- of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. In fact, kick him, yeah. kick him when he's down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, right in front of my my young young daughters, <laughs> oh, she had me Lord. pulled pulled over in my car. Mm. My daughters are all in the car by a sheriff to serve me with the uh, you know. And she, we, we we split. You know, she had the kids half the time. I had the kids half the time. She she could coordinate with with uh, without them being there. But anyway, they they had a good time with it. Um, so I went into a deep dive. Really went into understanding what i had to do and i and i had some help was angelic um all i could say is i got my documents done and i got them done pretty fast i i i got them done in um march of 2008 um that's when some of the original documents i did a, i did a bunch of different documents along with uh contacting the the um state department and putting them on notice um 
I did not, which, by the way, I've helped a, a number of people, and, and there's a number of testimonies. I'm not going to give you them secondhand. I never did at first get the um, the uh, the passport, okay? Which is, I think, one of the most credible ways, the best way to do it with a passport application. But um, anyway, uh, what I did was I, I put everybody on notice. I had my documents with me, which is what I teach everybody to do, okay, that's my clients. I carry my documents because they're weaponized. You know, your, your, your affidavit is, so somebody's running a thing. <laughs> Who's, uh, is that you, Harvey. Greg, or is that somebody else? I think that's Harvey. <clears throat> Harvey, are you, are, you, are you washing some dishes there, buddy? I was just rinsing my hands off. I'm sorry. I came in and this thing uh, starts me up with an open mic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No problem. No sorry. problem. That's all right. That's all right. We just want to get it, get it muted if possible. Go ahead, Greg. Okay. So let's, uh, we, we go to, um, um, <laughs> go to about 2010. And this is well after I've already, I've already, um, uh, done my documentation, got, you know, learned how to talk about it, have my affidavits with me. I am, uh, I've already been, at that point, there was a triangulation from many different organizations. And I got to tell you, I, you know, I was, I was interviewed during that time, probably over 20 different times by um, FBI, the NSA. Um, what, kind mean, of, you, what kind of mining were you doing? Well, the mining operation started out as a manganese mining operation, along with um, um, a rich amount of calcium carbonate so calcium carbonate is what's used for uh to make uh certain certain uh pharmaceuticals but uh, you know it's also used to make concrete okay so you know it's limestone all right calcium substitutes yeah yeah so anyway the um so we were i was fielding a lot of barrages of a lot of things but i had there, there was no way i could make a living there was no way I could work for, you know, as an employee. It just, you know, they wanted me to. They were putting pressure on me, but I had to make I, I had to make money somehow. So now this is going to get this is going to get crazy and look. And I'm not I'm not uh, promoting this in any way, shape, or form. I'm not saying you should do what I did. Um, so anyway, I'm just telling a story. Okay. Uh, that is true. I uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, how mortgages are done, how uh, how credit cards are how how credit is lended. Yep, okay. well, I am. I, I, most of our audiences, I think the whole thing's a fraud. Right, the whole thing's a fraud. Banks are banks are licensed to extend credit. Okay, They're, they do not mo- they monetize instruments and extend credit. You have the the real man. Okay. I, I pretty much figured this out. There's what's called IRS documents, okay, that are, are there for what's called recoupment, okay? Recoupment is a process of taking the actual instrument that you created in a mortgage, okay, or your credit cards, and being able to 
to file those an amended return along with these special documents that you order from the IRS. They're they're actually red red letter magnetic ink documents. Take special software, okay, to feed them into a a system, and then you literally uh, file this with the IRS. And they give you a huge check, okay. So it's otherwise. It was. Has anybody heard of or familiar with the ten ninety nine OID process? Mm, no, just you know, on, on reclamation type stuff. Well, it's called recoupment. I, I've, I've never gotten into it. I was so glad to have the some bitches out of my life. I didn't want to plunge back into that personally. Uh, I am. Okay, so what? What I'm talking about is the fact that, you know, I figured it out. I taught, I actually helped a, a CPA to uh, understand the process. I was taking private clients through it, okay? And that's how I was funding myself, okay, during that time. So, uh, to make a long story short, okay, <clears throat> the lady that I was helped that I had, uh, she, she had a real aptitude and and seemed to understand these things really, really well, uh, the CPA. Um, I said to her in the very beginnings, said, listen, I'm going to, I'll register my, num- my number with the IRS to get my software so that we can do this, but just do it with you know people that I bring to you that are fully educated and understand what they're doing, or else this is going to get dangerous. Well... This lady went out, and before I knew it, within about six months, had over 400 processes done with people from all over the country. So who shows up for me? It's called the CID, Criminal Investigation Division of the Treasury. They're the guys who wear the guns and the badges. All right? So... They're this like, lady, they're like the postal inspectors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but the lady that I'm talking about, she had 50 arm agents at her place. She went to prison. Now, if I hadn't corrected my status and standing, which is when they showed up for me, okay, the first document they got was my status and standing documents and also what's called the W8BEN, which is <laughs> works every time. But I had those two documents, okay, my status and standing corrected, had the affidavit, and I served that to them before they started talking to me. I said, I want you to know who I am. I want this on record. And it changes the dynamics of their inquisition to the point where it, they become very much more um, just gentler, let's say that. Um, and then that wasn't, you know, the, and, and that was back in 2000, 2010. Okay. So anyway, um, you know, uh, and, and uh, I've had other experiences. Well, I'll, but I'll 
I'll just um, are you are you familiar with a, a Supreme Court case from the forties U.S. v. Merrill U.S. Crop Insurance or something v. Merrill? Any of you guys on the board familiar with that case? I'm not familiar with the. It's a very actual- interesting case. He says that it is your duty to ascertain the authority and the validity of those agents when they come to ask you questions. The sure. onus is on you, okay. And and most people, of course, are so threatened and intimidated if any of those types of people show up on their doorstep, understandably. Okay, but that is an old. Uh, uh, I think U.S. Crop Insurance v. Merrill, I believe, is the style of that case. If you anybody, yeah. any of you want to look that up, it's a nice, uh, nice uh, bit of information to have under your belt. But what Greg's telling you about basically having your documents with you are accessible, or your ability to stand there and defend your position verbally, you don't necessarily have to back it up with paperwork on the spot. Okay, it's their duty then to check what you've told them or showed them if you've got them, and uh, for them to move forward uh, at that point judiciously in the manner which is prescribed in their activities which means they ain't got nothing on you if you sit there and tell them i'm a national mm-hmm. correct the mundo so you got don that's a pretty good little story there is that what you're looking for yep okay uh the other ones uh, that we know of and anybody got any other ones does that spurn anything that anybody wanted to add before i launch into something here Okay, well, the other ones were driving deals, and we've got two guys that drive with no other ID but that passport card. One of them is a, uh, a retired truck driver, black guy, and uh, named James. We haven't seen him in a while. Good guy. And he came in through another method, uh, the Copper Moonshine Still Bunch, if you know who those guys are or if you run into them. Um, which evidently their process works. It's different from what we do. Uh, and they don't, I think, have the underlying in-depth understanding of the system, the way it's structured the way we do, but whatever they did works. Okay. And so he's got a custom tag on his car, and he, in both Virginia and North Carolina, has been stopped, got a nice little 5 Series BMW, and uh, hands them the card. They go back and check it. They come back and say, have a nice day. Be careful. That's happened to another fellow, retired airline pilot, Daryl, and uh, down in Alabama, same thing happened. Fe- relatively recently, he told us the story. And, uh, you know, the otherwise, the national isn't established status. It's just that they try to bury it as much as possible, but they got to recognize it. If they don't, now this is interesting because this is where you can take the dialectical nature of their plan and everything we deal with here, and everything has an opposite. And if they come in and do something against you, now we got them for discrimination, don't we? Right. Okay. Now, see, that thinking like that and and – moving forward if you had to i don't think you'll ever have to but that is part of your empowerment process this empowerment process i keep talking about it's the ability to understand well hey we got the we got just as same the advantage now we can do things like weaponize the common law you didn't have access to the common law before you did this now not only do you have access you can weaponize it like they've been weaponizing their little merchant law crap 
Okay? And you do that by putting everybody on notice that it's on file with the Secretary of State. Now they're on notice. If they go over and do anything to you, now they've crossed their boundaries of delegated responsibilities and duties, and now they lose their cloak of immunity and they become personally liable. Nice little game, huh? Mm, yeah. So that, see, that's, and again, it goes back to if you don't learn some basics on the information, that kind of empowerment thinking doesn't generate. Right. Okay. So that's why I really emphasize on to some modicum getting at least the basics of the basics and starting that empowerment process. I feel it's very important in what we're doing and extremely important in the long term. Because now we've got a bunch of educated people. Now what that means is as we go forward, they can't stifle this anymore and they'll never be able to do it to those people who know this. They'll never be able to fool you again. Or at least if they do, shame on you. You know, it's like right. we used to say, you fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, well, anybody else got any uh, things for Don or encouragement or any of that kind of stuff? I guess John will maybe join if he gets up in this time zone. He usually joins us here in part of the second half of the hour here on the old Monday edition. We'll see if he makes it or not. He might still be running from the hills for the Miss Hyperfund switcheroo on the software, which I don't think they're totally finished with yet. So I can't toggle it over to the dark mode yet. And I'm still not totally sure on how to go through some of this rebuy stuff. So anyway, they'll get it straightened out. We'll learn, relearn, and there won't be any penalty, I'm sure. So uh, we'll get that underway. Anybody else got anything they want to bring forward? I'd love to have some conversation going here on somebody's questions or comments or things you saw or people you beat up over the weekend or what? I tend to go along with don't start no S, won't be no S. (laughs) Okay. Let me tell you what. You don't want to start any S with this guy. I guarantee him of that, don't I, Brent? Brent's about as big as the side of a barn, okay? I'm a, I'm a big teddy bear. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you haven't got more diminutive since the last time I saw you. Well, I'm small compared to Jeff. Not girth-wise, but... I beg your pardon? Uh, yeah, all these guys got a chance to meet each other. Be careful, we'll sit Colleen on you. <laughs> uh, come on, it must be something. Somebody's got a question or something. There's a whole bunch of people right. on the board here. Yes, somebody. Is that Wayne? Yeah, sure is. How you hey, doing? hey, good, Wayne. I hadn't sent your buddy a package yet, but I thought I'd do that in the next day or two. Um, evidently, there was some talk on one of the shows over the weekend about me and what we do here. So maybe there's some good things floating around over there as to what we're trying to achieve. Yeah, sure thing. I, I wanted to tell you, you should be very proud of Leon uh, on the Friday show, uh, uh, John Statmiller's old uh, time slot. Uh, the fellow Tom I was telling you about was filling in. And oh, it was Leon him. Was, he was on the air when this happened? Yeah, yeah. Oh, was, oh uh, excellent. Leon. Excellent. Leon was the first call. And, I mean, he came in hot. 
I mean, he was loaded for bear and just laid it all out and got the show off to a very good start. You would have been proud of him. Mm, Good. But uh, also, uh, I talked to Ralph Winterroad yesterday on his show just for a few minutes, and uh, I was kind of surprised. Roger, uh, he kind of sounded like he hadn't heard of you, which I find very, very difficult. But uh, but I did come in with like a couple opening premises just to get the ball rolling. But I was able to make a transition into giving a um, you, know, you a uh, shout out plus Eurofolk. So I'm hoping anybody listening to uh, Ralph's show uh, was able to pick up on that and is listening today because uh, I feel like you know, obviously the information is, is very critical. Yeah, I'm I got gonna it. email Ralph. Ralph asked for your information, so today uh, later I'm going to send him some of your stuff just to give him an idea where you're coming from. Okay, well, yeah, that Spingola interview would probably be a good thing to send him. Uh, I can't believe he hadn't heard of me before because I think years ago we had some exchange, but I know he deals with a lot of people, and it's easy to forget. Uh, The reason that I – I just I, I I really respect Ralph. I, I respect the the work that he's doing. Uh, I was in that depth in regulations and stuff back when I was fighting the IRS in court, and I realized at that point for me there had to be an easier way to do that stuff. Now I realize that a lot of Ralph's people and a lot of Ralph's efforts go to help people that are already in a in in the quagmire, so to speak. Okay. He's dealing with court cases and this, that, and the other, and people that are already into the process. And I want to catch you before you get there. So we've got two different emphases on the way that we approach this, for one thing. But I remember uh, one day, um, I used to listen to Ralph, uh, but I remember one day, I think it was Daryl that was listening to Ralph, and Ralph kept saying this resident doesn't have anything to do with it. Okay. And so he called in and he read him the 14th Amendment. And he said when he got to and the state wherein they reside, that there's just this big pause. See? And this stuff is so subtle. You, you could – one of the things in the discussion I'll have when I do this show with Andy Hitchcock. Okay? And he's a former cop. Okay? That's one of the reasons I want to get with Andy because he'll, I think, see this easier than a lot of people were because he used to be a Bobby. Okay, and uh, the story about the from uh, Paul David Watson about the nurse at the NIH over there with the child's born and they swab it. The kid's screaming and then mother objects and the nurse says, you can't object. This child's our property. Okay, well, you, 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 that story, you know, you got the matrix right in your hand right there, but it's so skillfully hidden. You don't know where to go. You got the whole thing right in your hand, right there with that story. But it's so skillfully hidden with the connection from the political status being exclusive and unique to the feudal system and therefore bringing in the feudal system with the assignment of the status. It's so skillfully hidden, people don't see it, even though they got it right in their hands. Makes a lot of sense. And. I think uh, I have a background in sales, so I'm always trying to figure out a good way to start with a premise, uh, which is typically everybody's concerned about these shots and mandates and all that stuff. And then I go into the presumption that the government thinks they're dealing with nothing but U.S. citizens with only civil rights, so they can control that. And then I come back with a remedy. And again, I just feel like a simple start to like the conversation 
can really bring people along. And I tried to uh, use that with Ralph too. And uh, I think he kind of got it, but uh, I still think he's kind of hung up on some of the definitions and all that, but I feel like he will come around. And I was hoping at some point uh, either have him tune into your show so he could at least maybe ask some questions or do whatever. So, but I know Ralph has a lot of listeners like me. We were searching for some right pieces of the puzzle and a process to make it work. And then, uh, so Ralph is good at getting you partway there, but uh, again, your process can finish the job. So, well, here's the difference. The real big difference is my process is fairly easily duplicatable and his isn't. Yes. Okay. And that's what it's got to be is duplicatable and simple. And that's what I've been striving for all these years, Wayne. Of trying to get this thing down to what I'm going to present to you right now. Are you a free? Are you a slave or are you free? Well, if they say they're free, then you can say, well, tell me the things you can do without a license, a permit, or permission. Right. And if they tell you you're a slave, that they know they're a slave, you say, would you like for me to show you how they've done it and how to easily get out of it? So there it is off of one primary question that everybody's got to agree with. You're either free or you're a slave. You got another question and you can get them to the end with either one, either side. And what we found is the easiest to do with your background and I, my background too. Okay. Is you always ask questions. Okay. And, uh, so what you want to do is present people with the equivocation. Here's another good one for you for just somebody cold that you're just having an initial conversation with. Are you a citizen of the United States or are you a citizen of the United States of America? Oh, the term right. resident. Is, do you, are you assigning a ge- – they ask you, one of these bureaucrats ask you if you're a resident, right? Are you assigning a geographical or a political definition to that term? So there's a lot of really good ways that you can play with very simple equivocations, too. And as you know from your background, that it's easier to pull a rope than it is to push a rope. Absolutely. So good. I appreciate all the work you're doing. Uh, relatively new, Wayne is, and I appreciate your enthusiasm and uh, uh, the impetus that you're putting in these areas. And I, I wouldn't mind having a conversation with Ralph. It's just that I understand because of my own situation personally and the subjective nature of me understanding it that you get so wrapped up in what you're doing that you don't want you can't go over to some other researcher and go hey let me show you this he he doesn't want to really most people don't want to see that they're too much with blinders on on what they're doing and i'm not sure if that's good or bad but that seems to be the way it is yeah, and I think Jeff, Jeff and I both have had that experience with uh, the fellow Glenn from the other group, and, and, and Jeff's been working really hard on him, too. So, yeah, it's a process. It'll take a little while to break through, but I think once people see the uh, the benefits of what you're doing, uh, it's a no-brainer. But it's just so, you know, we've got it down where you can see it so simply. Here's another way. You remember the Jim Crow laws? Well, if they say no, you know, well, it was back when they used to have black and white facilities for everybody. You remember that? Well, is there anybody that hadn't heard about that? 
I mean, I know we're old farts and all that, but even some of these young Gen X and Z and whatever alphabet they want to assign to them, and some of them are so damn weird, I don't think there is an alphabet they can assign to them, okay? But even those people have probably heard about the Jim Crow laws, or they can find out real easy what they were and, and validate it, okay? Well, they tricked us into all being Jim Crow. I mean, it really is that simple. So, hey, Roger, if I may. Hey, listen, that Dave up there from Michigan checking in. You may. Thank you. So I think we're right back to that Jim Crow, but they're not really Crow now. Now they're Jim Trans laws because we got separate bathrooms, not for black and white, but for 50 different genders. God almighty, they want to start sending them into the opposite bathrooms, for Lord's sake. Um, remember, remember the Let's Go Brandon LGB? Let's <laughs> Go Biden LGB, LGBTQ? <laughs> I just come, you know, I just want to, as I want, go bathroom. I, I want to be away from those people. I don't want them in my consciousness or my world and good luck to them uh go get your jab and your boosters and we'll see you later just i i like this biblical instruction just get out of there and get away from them you can't fight with them you ain't gonna reform them there's nothing positive you can do by interacting with them does anybody think of any positive things that can come out of going in and interacting with these people i do we got to give them their own bathroom. Don't let them go in the girls' bathroom or the boys' bathroom. They got to have their own. Hey, Dave, haven't you heard the new LGBTQ is let's get Biden to quit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but but then you got camp. Then you got the camel. I know. Oh, yeah. Going down from that oh, would be Pelosi, right? I no guess. Thing. Well, there's well, somebody who's this is the scenario. I heard a scenario last night on uh, Robert Ravo. This is what he's saying. Well, it, it's actually uh, what he said it was uh, the war guy Wayne Allen Root's new theory. It's they're gonna they're gonna get rid of Biden. They're gonna force. Well, before they get rid of Biden, they're gonna force Cameltoe to resign. She's gonna resign. And then they're going to appoint Hillary as the new vice president. I've heard And then this. they're going to force Joe. He's going to step down. Yeah, he's going to step down because he's he lost it. And then Hillary will be the new president. I heard it. I heard. I heard it floated the other day too. I'm not sure how valid it is. I don't know how they go and replace uh, Cammy Cammy with uh, uh, with Hilly. Um. But, listen, these things are so crazy, and these bastards are asserting themselves all over the place with this bit of power. They've got this illusionary power that they've uh, latched onto that there ain't no telling what's going to come out of all this. Best thing to do, though, is just get get out of her. There's nothing positive you can do by interacting with them that I can see. Maybe you maybe you find something positive, and if that's what you want to do, you go do it, okay? But my my money's on the get out of her, my people get out of her. Rename it the Jamie Jamie Crow Laws. That way, Jamie can be used male or female, <laughs> and then maybe they'll read it. They'll, you know, get a little got, bit of education in them. How you doing, bud? <laughs> Good. 
doing all right. I'm doing all right. And you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty day here today. Yeah, we're finally getting some sun here on the coast after the uh, gloom and doom for several months. Uh, we're, we're getting into our warm part of the season. All right. Finally. Uh-huh. Yeah, you'll have a whole bunch of people from the mountains down there in a few weeks for Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, they're, they're starting to do the celebrations already and uh, all this kind of good stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, You haven't got your passport, hey, any news on your passport yet, have you? No, I, I uh, sent them an email this morning uh, because in the uh, in the stipulation of criteria says you have to wait. If you haven't heard from us in 30 working days, oh, not working. calendar days, ah, but working okay. days. I see. Okay. So that was like Tuesday or Wednesday of last week. And I said, well, you know, because of Thanksgiving and due to COVID, I'll just wait till next week. Oh, and it's so this new virus. You know, this new this new strain must have must have thrown them a little catty wump too. Oh, of course. You know, kind of kind of goes without saying. So uh, anyway, I, I got up this morning and shot them an email. All right, well, they, we'll they, keep they us in the loop. They received the email. They said we'll we'll respond within within three days. All so right. uh, keep us in the loop. Hopefully, you'll get some good news, and maybe your your passport will even show up. Yeah, that would be uh, that would um, be cool, and, and uh, you uh, hopefully the you got a hold of me the other night and was going to want to find out some about Harvey's hydrogen peroxide method, and I just rather than be the go between, I just put you two together. And did you did you get with Sir Harvey? No, I actually didn't call him. It was kind of weird. It's probably based on our conversation. There was a a, a rumble conversation came up about doctors and uh cures and that was one of them was oh. uh <laughs> was that treatment i didn't realize how simple it was yeah like man this is nothing well but, I, there, there, but it was but it was followed up by like six other videos saying don't do this at home you'll right. you'll fry your lungs oh lord you know ah, ah, ah. well you the, know. what i was curious about was if you two got a chance to talk because you both got roots down there around georgia tech i know from the conversations you and i have had and your background down there around old atlanta and that's where harvey and them used to live and hang out too so if you ever get a chance to talk to him that stuff you ought to be sure and mention that you probably both get yeah a big, i do need to do that because i've got some i've got I've, I've got some interesting family history what, what were you you were telling me that was it your your mother uh, that was real good friends with with uh, margaret mitchell it was my grandmother your grandmother. her and margaret mitchell were were running buddies and uh before margaret mitchell got real became famous but um it's kind of interesting margaret mitchell i did a little research on her not that long ago and she she used to write uh illicit adult stories Oh. In those way way back years under a pen name Peggy Mitchell. Was she like okay. she was the forerunner of Stacey Abrams of the other other race? Yeah, I, but the get this, get this dude. She she was she went under a pen name of Peggy Mitchell when she was writing her, you know, nineteen fifteen porn, you know? All right. And, it just so happens fiddly dee, my fiddly mother's dee. name is listen to this my mother's name is peggy and i got a younger brother named mitchell oh wow now how about peggy that for a connection huh <laughs> <laughs> who is peggy mitchell is she actually margaret mitchell who rode gone with the wind right 
in her younger oh, days yeah. as a pen name yeah. when she was a uh, a little bit more risque in her writing. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it turns out my you know, and those you know the the folks in that era they didn't really talk much about their history and their youth. You know, everything was uh, quiet. And we had always we had heard some rumors that my grandmother was a pretty wild child, and uh, and then my mom actually remembers being babysat by a woman named Maggie, and uh, we were riding around down there about twenty years ago or so, doing some little reminiscing with mom, and she goes, "I recognize that house. She goes, I know that house. That's right around so, Peachtree Street and Fourteenth Street, isn't it?" Yeah, they moved it, you know, so it could be more of a tourist uh, yeah, attraction. Yeah, okay, okay, gotcha. And uh, I said, are you sure about that, Mom? And uh, she goes, yeah, yeah, I know that house. She goes, well, it's Margaret Mitchell's house, you know. So. Yeah, uh, I thought that was interesting. Scott and I talked one time on the side, you know, first cross paths yeah, and some of this stuff, and that came out in I, all of our old Atlanta ties. And I used to work for Pitney Blows, I affectionately call them. And their their office <laughs> building was right there in that area on West West Peachtree, right right in within a block or two of that whole area there. So, yep, no, uh, well, okay. yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I do need I do I need to, to chit chat with them so we can bend each other's ears on. Yeah, uh, you and Harvey you know, probably old, got old a lot Atlanta of, history a little oh, bit. Yeah, yeah, a lot of roots right in that area area right there. And of course, his daddy was a, a professor at Georgia Tech. Oh, well, Georgia Tech condemned my grandparents' land, and they make, they, you know, um, uh, well, uh, what do you call that? Uh, eminent domain. Eminent domain, yeah, eminent domain. And they they basically, you know, said, you're, you're you know, we're going to give you this money. We're taking your house, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. And so they did. They, they ended up moving, and, uh, but... It was off of State Street. I think it was State Street or Ponders Avenue right down there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they set Georgia Tech set on that land and that all those neighborhoods for like 20, 25 years, undeveloped. They didn't knock anything down. They just owned it. Really? They just sat on it. They yes, did eminent they domain and seized it and then sat on it for that long? Yes, sir. Well, that doesn't sound too kosher. No. But they, they knew that, you know, Atlanta was the – you know the big hub of the southeast there was no other really big cities that were and new orleans to some extent but not as as central as atlanta of course yeah i mean new orleans gets all the attention because it's you know more of a party town and you know and and all that kind of stuff but uh really you know as you know i mean atlanta you you think about you know go back 50 60 years uh, all the major cities in the states there's there was nothing in the in the southeast i mean other than Atlanta, and it's it's always been the hub. Yeah, the South things, was Congress really, you know, the 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 very first professional sports team that was ever in the South is the Braves. Yeah. Okay. I was. That's why Southern was, football, Southern college football, is so big because they never had professional sports teams to draw the people to. And so they put right. all their effort into all of this pageantry and tradition and everything of the traditional college universities in the states. That's why the SEC is such a, a viable conference today. Yeah, because there were no pro teams, as you said, no. you know, till, till mid sixties and uh, in the you know in the earlier days, uh, uh, 
way earlier. Georgia Tech was a powerhouse oh, in, man, in college kidding? football. Bobby Dodd and you know? all that uh, that bunch. Yes, absolutely. Right. Actually, right. Georgia Tech was in the SEC. Okay, at one point. Huh. Okay. Okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah, sure were. But it's messed up, though. My, uh, you know, the year I think it was '91 when Georgia Tech tied for the NCAA college football championship. Oh, I remember my dad. That. My dad died six months earlier. Oh, and it was such a heartbreaker for me. Yeah, because he was such a big, huge Tech fan. You know, I see. Growing up in downtown, right. Atlanta, uh, right. right. Just an, another another gut punch. <laughs> you know, well, when you lose somebody too early. Glad to be out of so. Atlanta. Nice place. Enjoyed it. It was really happening when I got there. I had a keys to the city, man. I mean, here I am. This kid from the florida panhandle comes up there and gets this big record company job in the heyday of the music industry and literally i could open any door in four and a half states with a phone call hey i'm roger sales of mercury records boom you want to talk to mayors whoever okay uh i got this promotion i want to set up well no it's way too much power for a 20 something year old kid in all honesty but uh yep pretty interesting years those were for sure but uh, if, y'all, if nobody has any questions or stuff, me and Scott will just consider <laughs> talk about Atlanta, okay? Like you haven't ever heard. I tell you what, I mean, it grew like a beast in the last uh, 20, 30 years. And then the last few years I was there, uh, about 15 years ago, I would meet people. You know, Atlanta turned into this uh, urban sprawl of everybody relocated to Atlanta. Yep. And I would meet people at, at, at events and restaurants and bars people have been been in living in atlanta for five years and uh they were shocked that i was actually from atlanta they never met a native uh they not not had made a native adult atlanta they met you know all the new kids for sure but not not adults that had a history with atlanta you know somebody did a study and they said atlanta could grow to be the biggest city in the world because it had no restrictions for 250 miles in every direction Except, well, except water. Yeah, but so, that's, a, that's a pretty good. I mean, it's already stretched to uh, almost Alabama. Yep, uh, it's really it's really close to Alabama already. Yeah, yeah. A nice place to be in the seventies. I'm glad to be out of there. Couldn't wait to leave. So uh, anyway. Same, Any, same here, yeah. 70s and 80s, and, and after we both, that, it just yeah. got, it got too many people. We got both end up in Ecuador. So does anybody have anything constructive that they want to ask? I do, Roger. Okay, uh, all right. See there, there is somebody. Go ahead. Next. <laughs> yeah, Scott, go eat some shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> On the way, boss. <laughs> yes, who had the question? I did. It's not a question. It's Bob. Uh, it's Bob. Well, yeah. How you doing? Good morning. I'm pretty good. I'm sorry I was late. I didn't well, get it's up okay. about ten after ten my yeah. time. It's okay. I was uh has to be in. Just found a link and um uh, it's about it says understand contract law and you win. It's uh, this is a contract to become a state national not citizen passport. What you need to know. It's it's the website. I put the link in the chat, and there's a guy named Rich T. Looks like he's interested, too. But And what it says, you know, it's talking about UCC and 
don't put your social security number in there. Ah, so I no. know, listen, listen, let me finish. I know it's a little bit, it must be a little bit old, but I, I know the passport is not the um, silver bullet. It's, it's the affidavit Correct. or the, what you send in with it. So, you know, right on my affidavit, I did the one-page affidavit, and it says right in there, plain and clear, if I have signed anything or got a license or this or that or the other thing, it's all from now on null and void. It, you know, so even if I did put my Social Security number on the passport application, the um, affidavit basically nullifies that. And says I'm not part of that Fourteenth Amendment. Well, Bob, citizen. Bob, the Social Security number doesn't have anything to do with that. It's not a nexus, so it's not really relevant in in that particular frame. Now you're going to have to give yeah. it these days uh, because of some legislation they've passed. Okay, and it only has to do with whether you've got over fifty thousand dollars in collections with IRS. Right. That's important. Okay, over that amount in collections, not just owed, but in collections. Or the other is on some of these child support situations uh, where there's people that have fathered all these children and uh, are, are leaving the country to get away from their responsibilities on paying. And I've run into some people down here that are in that situation, actually. Okay. Uh, so in that case, um, he got he his his problem was he was down here and he needed to get a passport and they won't issue him except a one way passport back to the states. Huh. Okay. <laughs> well, one way passport. One, yeah. Only only one way. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and those but but those are at least the one with the child support. If you're in that situation, I think you ought to be taking care of the children that you created. True. Okay. But IRS different story. You know, we know that's a bunch of crap, but uh but that can be and not only that, they can if you've got a passport, they can void it. They can cancel it if you fall in that category and they did. I think they that legislation that was started a couple of years ago and went into effect. It's relatively recent, only two or maybe three years ago it went into effect. But I remember reading or hearing that they canceled 250,000 passports. And I knew some people in Argentina that were on the run from IRS stuff. And I guarantee you they got their passports canceled, and they're down there in that same condition. They can't get a U.S. passport uh, without only getting a one-way one. Right. And the point I was trying to make is it, the passport is not the important thing. It's the document but that you the, have. It's whatever's in the file of the secretary that's everything. The passport's right. nothing. It's, as that court case says from 1835, it's an ex parte document. That means it's a separate part of. And, or Tiqui. Yeah, that, that, uh, or Tiqui. Yeah, that case right there. And, um, you can understand why. I mean, it only represents what you are as a legal person. Okay? 
It's not right. just who you are as a person, but what is your legal personality? Everybody's got a legal personality. And that's the reason that the Secretary of State was made the Lord of the Manor to oversee your citizenship, because he already had that responsibility with his passport issue obligation. It makes perfect sense, see? You can see how they took that and wove their little plan right around it. Right. And um, I don't know if you, you've probably seen that um, website. I put the link in the chat. Um, what they want you to do is file a UCC-1. Oh, Lord. Now, oh. Now, to me, now, to me, that's going right back into their realm and acting like they have some kind of magic secret paper that you could fill out and, and make all this stuff go away. Why would you have to fill out one of their papers to get your your original standing back well uh, you know, i'm stolen uh, those people are the ones that have screwed up a lot of these property records offices that you can't file your affidavit at without having the fbi sovereign citizen squads called on you too oh the people going in and filing those things or trying to file them and clogging up the property records office with all that bs from tim turner and all that stuff so that's the re direct repercussion of that is the FBI sovereign citizen squad. Oh. I mean, I've had that happen to people trying to file their affidavits. One in over there in uh, uh, it's across the river, North Aiken, because across the river from uh, Augusta, commonly uh, affectionately referred to as Disgusta. <laughs> that's what we used to call it. <laughs> It's disgusting going over there unless you're going to see the masters. But across the river there uh, is uh, North Aiken, South Carolina. And I had somebody years ago wanting to file a, 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 their affidavit there. And they went over and the lady said, well, you, you know, we're at lunch or somebody need to come back in an hour. And when they came back in an hour, they had the damn sheriff's department waiting for them. <laughs> That's that's the result of filing UCC-1s and the problem with people like Tim Turner and all this mis- and disinformation. And it's just unfortunate. I understand why it happens. Either they're hooligans and scoundrels and PAY triots by nature, or they're just trying to connect dots and they're doing the best they can and don't know any better and hadn't gotten better instructions or teachings. But... uh but still, it muddies the water for us. Hopefully, we've come, navigated around most of those obstacles, Bob. Yeah, I think we have. But I just came across that, and I wanted to bring it up. Okay. And I, in my mind, I had it clear already, and I figured you had guys had already seen that site. No, no. But I know, you know, uh, I had years ago, uh, I didn't copyright any of this material because I wanted it spread. And I, you know. And I didn't want any inhibitions on the information spreading. And and I'm not in this to make money. And uh, uh, and I'm not in it for my ego. All right. But um, I had a guy that would, wouldn't work with me because I didn't get wouldn't get the information copyrighted. All right. Uh, wow. Unfortunately, I guess there's people that can. What I didn't realize time is take people cherry pick the information you know they cherry pick the remedy and then go charge people for what all they're doing and a lot of what they're doing isn't right you know according as right as it should be anyway so it's just the pitfalls of where we are and i want the information spread i want these bastards defeated i want them exposed and confronted with what they've done and i want it where they can never do it again 
good. Those are the things I'm trying to accomplish here. One other quick thing. Um, I don't know. You remember last year when I was going to register my cars and I was trying to get this recreational truck tag? Uh, Kind of vaguely. They wouldn't do it last year. And so I, I did some more homework and I printed out the and I read the whole the whole revised statute, Colorado revised statute. But they I did get my. Um, well, I have a temp. It's coming in the mail, but I got that recreational tag for my my van. They wouldn't give it to me for my little car, my my little Saturn. But. And I had that dmv office rolling those ladies in there and stuff i just had them all cracking up man i was i had such a good time i was in and out of there in 10 minutes but the recreational tag i i have it right here it's right off the colorado website on the dmv about the different kind of plates you can have and all that and you know i actually found one laying on the street and it has a little rtk on the left side of the plate which means recreational truck so i took i called but i took it in there with me and gave it to him but i just want to read this definition not or about that recreational truck it says about use exclusively for pleasure enjoyment recreational purposes or transportation of the owner leasee or occupant maybe used singly or in combination with a trailer or utility trader which is used in the same manner as the truck, not used to trans- car- transport cargo or passengers for profit or hire. There you go. There's your commercial. There's your commercial tag right there, right? Is that a commercial tag? That's a- well, no, that's the commercial uh, definition. Right. So, and you know, everybody that talks in the Patriot community that talks about um tags and licenses and stuff you say it's not for hire i'm not you know i'm not a a semi-truck driver or a taxi cab driver i just use the the highway to go and get milk and groceries and go to the take the kid to school or whatever i do take myself to work and back that's a that's the definition right there yes private conveyance yeah yeah, good. Well, now, you, but you can put that recreational tag. You say you got it for the van, but not for the car, right? Right. So you can put it on the van. You can go drive on the streets and everything with it, right? Well, yeah. Okay, so it's not usually, you know, some type you don't have, cars don't have to be tagged if you're just using them on your own property. Well, you That's got a, a big farm, yeah. spread or whatever. So anyway, well, cool, Bob. Good on you. Good, thanks. That's, yeah. a, that's what you call a, uh, what do you call that, a progress report? or? A, yeah, okay. We'll tell you. No, that, that works. There's a guy in the in the chat, Rich T, and he was wanting to know. He says, I need to do this. Been listening to Roger for a while now. I have questions, but also a headache and not in a talkative mood. Okay. Not well, a good speaker either. So well, I don't a, want him to get confused on that contract law. Like I'm pushing. This is the way to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm put that on there for you guys. to debunk Well, it. you know, there's some really good videos. I remember seeing a guy that was, did a video on this subject right there on contracts. And now let's say you get, you know, you get one of these offers for a credit card unsolicited, right? Or you're going to do a credit card, and they send you the 
the contract, right? All that little small print folded up inside the package, right? Yeah. Well, you just go back and take, say, instead of 21% APR, you go back and scratch that out and put 3% APR and send it back to them. And if they don't expressly deny it, your credit card's got 3% annual percentage interest instead of 20-something. So you can you can utilize that kind of stuff to your advantage. I've never messed with it very much, but I know the principles are correct that the guy's talking about. Contracts are negotiable. they got to go back and forth, be agreed upon. You know, I forget all the five different things. There's, there's got to be consideration in a contract. There's got to be full disclosure. There's got to be mutual agreement. There's got to be uh, – there's, there's about five or six criteria that make a contract legitimate. I don't know it off the top of my hand. But I remember those. Uh, some of them. One of them. One of them is legal purpose. Okay, it's got to have a legal purpose and kind of stuff. Hey, Harv, how you doing? I got that uh, information off to author yet last night. By the way. Oh, good, 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 good. good. So are that, you are you taking a bath? Are you in there with your rubber ducky or something? Roger. It sounded like you're in the bathtub. <laughs> Harvey's always Harvey. Are you? Are you uh, 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 orally fixated on water? Aquaman. <laughs> I am indeed. And uh, I, I was talking, I was, Gordon called me. We had some business we had to handle. And uh, he wanted to tell me that, uh, what's his name, Doug Perdue? has jumped into the governor's race in Georgia. Oh, good. So Brian Kemp has another big-name opponent, and uh, I think that Purdue, we've known this is coming for a while, but we didn't know exactly who it was. Oops. What about uh, the uh, the black guy that came up through the cab chamber of commerce that I like so much? This is a Democrat that switched. I can't think of his it, name right off the bat. He he's got so many scandals, uh, sexual type. He sexual does harassment. Yeah. Is that Vernon Jones? Yeah, Vernon Ver- Jones. Vernon's got a lot of baggage, does he? Yeah, he Vernon. got a lot of baggage. Vernon and uh, he is. Uh, all right. I'm not going to cut it. What about her? Well, I know Herschel doesn't have any baggage. That he can't carry anyway. Is he running for senator? Yeah, he's running for senator. And I think Herschel is a, uh, is a winner. A exemplary, oh, exemplary human being, that guy right there. He really is. Um, he's, um, yeah, he came up in turbulent times. He, uh, faced adversity and you know he was a little fat kid as yep. i remember the yep. story yep overcame it man, man. Uh, unbelievable He's, story i've heard him tell it where his coach he, he made him he, he had him tie truck tires to his waist do you know about this no go he'd ahead. have him try uh, try big old truck tires to his waist and he'd run around the track thing pulling those truck tires he didn't even like man. football okay 
He didn't. Uh, so, now, a hell of a guy. I'm talking about somebody that's, that has made themselves into a giant of a man from humble beginnings, right? Herschel Walker. Yep. I all admiration in the world for that guy. Harvey, yep. let me interrupt for a second because Leon came on just about when we, you and I were bantering a minute ago, and I really yep. wanted to touch base and let Leon say something. And I wanted to tell you, Leon, that I got word back on how well you represented us and myself in some of your calls to these radio shows in the last couple of days well thank you thank thank, no, thank you <laughs> i um i would like anybody that's had uh, my kind of predicament uh, i've got my na- i've got my national passports etc i'm trying to get my wife and daughter one but they're scared because i tried all this patriot stuff as a lot of people have known about in the past I got hit with all these IRS penalties and everything else, and I did an offer and compromise to save my marriage, etc. So my wife is scared to do anything about taxes in the future. Has anybody gone through that before with some reliability, realizing how to change all of this so we're okay? Because I don't have to be convinced, but i got to somehow convince her that this is the way to go to come become the, free. The I'm only, not sure how to do it. Uh, the only person that I think we've pressed the envelope on, Lewis, uh, Leon, is uh, Shane. You know, we had not heard from Shane since Old Blue was a pup. Um, but uh, I've got a letter that I wrote back to the IRS for him uh, here a couple of years ago. And to my knowledge, he's never heard from him again. They tried to levy him a $5,000 frivolous filing penalty when he put him on notice. That's why we've altered our approach and put on the top of the notice letter a, a legal lawful notice not to be considered a filing is to take that one that's their last thug defense and to take the club out of their hand with that. And as I said, He'll never hear from them again. You want me to? If you want, you want you want a copy of that letter to show her on how you handle these goons. Definitely, I would appreciate it. Uh, I got to do something quick because I got to get their passport to go on. So, all right. Well, I'll I'll, uh, I'll shoot you that, or if you want, shoot me an email to remind me. Make sure you remind me. But I've got your email address in there, and I'll be happy to send you Shane's little letter. I guarantee you, whoever at the IRS opened that and read it. They burned their eye, the retinas of their eyes on that letter. Yeah, I let, appreciate it. Nothing let, else, even for let, my own sake. Yeah, let me add a little thing here, Leon and Roger. Uh, I, I have uh, a principle of warfare, and that is never go into combat with a half-hearted comrade. You try to drag an unwilling combatant into the fight, and you have harmed your position. Amen. And if your wife ain't up for the fight, or your daughter ain't up for the fight, let them handle it their way. I would, uh, I would separate our finances, and she wants to file income tax return. Let her file separately. And uh, married, filing separately. And I go about my financial life. I would not uh, have any joint accounts with her. I would not, uh, uh, I would get any joint ownership 
of property separated and I'd do my thing and let her do her thing. You know, you just, but you don't, you, you can't force, you know, if, if they've got shaky knees, you don't want them on your side. Leon, that's, there's some sage advice there, honestly. <coughs> well, I, does I she work? Is she, does she work? Is no, it, she's, she's just retired. Okay. Living on Social Security is all she uh, has. Well, she ought to be. She ought I'm to the be. breadwinner yet. All right. Well, she probably doesn't but have But my daughter's yet. working. I see. Well, the concentrating. She's working. Well, concentrate on uh, educating and getting them over the hump and the fear because, uh, you know, they, they pull this whole thing off with just fear. I know. But I'm just me and... They've known me for all of my daughters. Man, I know the, the prophet's never known. <laughs> the prophet's never known in his own town or recognized. I totally understand. But well, I thought there was somebody on here that said for ten years or so that they notified the IRS and they never heard back from them at all. I don't remember that comment. Okay. Now I know Al Addis. Al Addis sent him those sixty-six questions. He never heard from them again. If I may, Roger. Yeah, Dave, is that you? It is, yeah. Hey, Bob, are you out there? Can you speak on this uh, topic here for uh, old Leon? What what topic? I'm sorry, I was getting a cup of coffee. The IRS. The IRS. Not really, because I haven't paid them over 30 years. I haven't gave them a penny. So, and they think I owe them like. Story? Huh? What, what? Tell us your story. I don't know if we got time for his story. It's a long story, well, man. A, a brief, you know, a brief synopsis for we Leon because only... uh, his family is worried. Um, I don't want to give him any information because Roger knows better. You guys know better. Um. I don't want to get no one in trouble. Well, but I mean, you know, you go, Leon, I'd take them back to Title 26 CFR and say, look, there's only two statuses. We know these are the slaves. We know this is the free man. There's your free thing. If you got these two explicit sections of the code, you owe taxes on, you pay them. Otherwise, you don't owe anything. It says it right there in their own book. Right. I agree so well you know that's what i i'd try and go back to basics like that uh but otherwise i don't have any magic potions for you about uh trying to soothe females uh, on this subject because mm-hmm. i understand their concern you know i mean really well she doesn't want to go through getting leaned and everything else all the time like well, everything else went yeah, well yeah. you know you can't get leaned on something you don't you know, know everybody so. knows the routine yep Yep. Well, good luck to you, uh, Leon. I think we're about out of time anyway. Let's see if I can figure out what's going on here. Jimbo, are you around ready to take the reins on the Monday edition here? Yes, I am. Yes, he is. Uh, Did everybody get get their uh, hyperfun figured out? Oh, we're getting there. (laughs) I'm able to do everything except... uh, withdraw that's still the um, thing they're working on okay i'll have to get 
just uh, well we didn't hear from john today on today's show so anyway i i got a 150 hu rebuy done but i tried to do another one and it said i had insufficient funds and it tell and when i've got the funds there so i i don't know it's hard for me to navigate it i'll get with john and get it straightened out though yeah i've noticed that everything is accumulating like it's supposed to right and uh, seems to be so yeah. it's just you know, certain places they aren't quite finished yet. Yeah. Well, I know they don't have the toggle on the dark, dark background done yet. Right. So anyway, well, I hope you had a good weekend. We're going to launch off into the Monday edition of Jim's Do-It-Yourself Health and Wealth and uh, all that kind of stuff. We ought to be able to get knocked off the server here in a minute. I had not heard the whistler yet, but um, we'll see. It's interesting. December is going to be a pretty interesting month this year, that's for sure. So, um, these other things about after the first of the year and some of the uh, progress I think we're going to make and some of the new inroads we might uh, get presented with are pretty exciting. And uh, I just feel I, I, I feel a real broadening of what we're doing, um, and I feel real good about where we are and how we're growing. I guess much better to grow slow and have a firm foundation than be a, a, a shot in the dark and a flash in the pan. Build your house on the rock and not on the sand. Yeah, there you go. Well, here's our whistler, so that means uh, we're about to get cut off of the server. When he finishes here, and I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Jim and let you go through all your stuff. And uh, thank each and every one of you. I hope you got something out of today. Um, if nothing else, you learned a little bit about Atlanta. <laughs> and uh, so thanks for being there. And if you got questions or anything, obviously, we'll be back tomorrow. Tell all your friends about how to attain your freedom. And hopefully we'll get enough folks. Don't have to have hundreds of millions, but uh, we get a nice, good, committed, small group burning and building brush fires in the minds of men isn't that what the one of the founders said that's what it takes to get freedom well so that's what we do and uh, try and instruct you on how to do that better and i appreciate everybody out there and everything you do to further our little message here and we'll uh, see you shortly like 22 hours all right roger thanks right. so much okay we'll get cut off here in a second i'll let you know when Right at the end of any 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 nanosecond, Jim, and you can have it. <laughs> Find the cost of freedom. And good old Crosby, Stills and Nash thing in the ground. Okay, we just uh, where are we? Boom. No, not yet. Close. Mother Earth will swallow you. Lay your body down. What else What else can any of us do, right? Okay, we just got knocked off right there, Jimbo. You take her, and I'll be listening. You guys have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. All righty, sir. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Always a pleasure. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and mute the board, bring up the network feed, and we'll get things cooking. Yep, yep, yeah. One, yeah. Yeah.
first things first. Beautiful day.
1800s. Uh, my wife has not received any notification yet on hers, uh, which is adding to the stress. Uh, she thought she might be in a batch that would come out Sunday, but nothing came out yesterday at all. And I got up this morning expecting to see a text or an email or something saying yes or no, and not a word. So I don't know what's going on with her situation, but that's just making it that much more stressful, knowing that the vast majority of everyone else who's put in for these things has been denied. Uh, there were actually people who were approved for the flu vaccine this year, but then were denied for the um, COVID. And I mean, just absolutely no rhyme or reason at all. And on top of that, the um, CEO of this organization, uh, Wednesday night, I think it was, when, uh, what do you call it, the, uh, the CMS rule or uh, mandate was shot down by the uh, uh, Fifth Circuit, basically um, they came out and said, we're going to push forward, we're going to insert our own mandate because we, we believe it's the smart and right thing and healthy thing to do, which they're rapidly becoming the only ones who believe that. But uh, oddly enough, the Cleveland Clinic, who was steamrolling right along too, they hit the brakes. When, um, when the CMS mandate was shut down, they stopped and they said, until this is sorted out, we're gonna put the brakes on and, and everything's going back to the way it was. <laughs> so it, it would appear that this one group in Ohio is the only one that is being flat out Nazis and are just doing royally stupid stuff. Nobody knows the rhyme or reason at all. Uh, last night they had a, uh, a Zoom call with an attorney uh, who's going to be apparently filing for a temporary restraining order here in the next couple of weeks. Um, but the thing was maxed out. Uh, they had so many people on the Zoom call that uh, my wife couldn't even get on. She had to, uh, a friend of hers had it playing through her phone, I guess. And I think what happened is the friend got on the system and then just turned, but, you know, my, my wife got a hold of her and they just set it on, uh, set the phone next to the computer speakers or something so she could hear it last night that way. But um, it's almost like the attorney's got some good plans, but the big problem is, you know, the numbers and the insanity of what's going on. I mean, he actually spoke about um, another case he's dealing with, um, I think it was down in Southern Ohio somewhere, but one guy took the shot and dropped dead the next day. And he's very concerned about all that kind of stuff and uh, is also concerned the direction our country is going, and which is, you know, <laughs> oddly, you know, that's, that makes sense. But, uh, and he's, he's in it for the right thing when, you know, the, the big money is on the other side, you know, and he's in it for helping the little guys, which uh, we gotta, gotta give credit for. So, kind of that's where things are at this point. But uh, it's, it's getting weird. Like I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel bad for my wife, and especially, and of course, all the other folks that, you know, once they got word of the brunch that came out on Saturday, then everybody else was thinking, okay, now what? And there haven't been any more put out 
since then. So, I mean, that just adds to the stress factor multiple holes. Uh, it's just a real crazy situation. And I'm, I'm honestly surprised I didn't hear anything when I, by the time I got up today. Uh, I would have thought that they would have had another match come out and you know, had something to say. But so far, it's been quiet on the front. And I don't know what's going on there and uh, whether or not, uh, you know, what's going to happen. Well, I am seeing them in the uh, hyperverse seeing some changes, but that's kind of where the other thing still does. Anyway, yeah, they are still working on stuff, and um, hopefully in the next few days it will be back on track. But, you know, all in all, things are working well. Um, got uh, a couple more people set up here in the last few days, and uh, got their accounts funded and, and moving along and all that. You're fine, hey. Yes, Robert, you may. Hop right in here, buddy. I, I, I see that over the weekend, uh, Bitcoin has gone from fifty-four, fifty-five thousand, whatever it was, all the way down to forty-two. Does that give you any kind of pause or hesitation, or do you just go whatever? Let's go forward. Actually, um, I'm thinking good time to buy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, no, it doesn't bother me a bit. Uh, I don't really pay much attention to Bitcoin. The last I saw was, uh, I think it was yesterday, it was at 48. But um, I, I believe it you know, can go down. It's just one of those things. Bitcoin is, is volatile. I was actually on a, uh, uh, I guess it was, it was a Facebook Live thing last night. Uh, one of the guys that I follow, um, a cruiser, his name's uh, Keith Whitaker, um, has a uh, YouTube channel called Sailing Zatara. And he and another friend of his decided to get together and do a blue water cruising uh, master class, they call it. And it was supposed to be an hour long deal last night. And one of the things that they were talking about was, you know, people wanted to do this, but they're worried about finances. And I sent him an email a couple of days ago saying I've got something that would work very well for a lot of these folks that are wanting to uh, do this but we're worried about money and I'm waiting to hear back because I don't want to put anything on the the Facebook page or anything until they say it's okay Um, but there were guys in the uh, chat last night saying boy Bitcoin Bitcoin just dropped It's, it's driving me crazy and all this stuff and I said I've got the perfect, perfect thing that doesn't go up and down, it just goes up. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> and I want to tell these guys about it, but I, I'm being nice and holding off because it's not my channel, it's theirs, and I don't want to do anything that they're not happy with. But um, it's one of those things where I've got the answer, folks. You know, all you got to do is listen. Um, but... Yeah, as far as Bitcoin goes, you know, the only time I think when I see it drop is, hey, time to buy. And I may do that. I just uh, helped help somebody get funded yesterday, and they're going to be giving me a check that I can use to buy more Bitcoin if I wanted to. I just got to figure out, you know, do I want to do that, or have I got some other things I want to mess with? But, um, or do I want to put it into these suits against the hospital groups? You know. Yeah. That would cost money. Do you yeah. know what the next heavy is, James? Oh boy, um, John would 
probably know. I'm thinking it's next summer sometime. Uh, mm. okay. I'm thinking around probably May or June of next year, I believe, but I can't mm -hmm. swear to it. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's just, like I said, I don't keep much, pay much attention to Bitcoin. Uh, the only thing I do is if I want to get rid of some, I wait until it goes as high as it's going to for a while. And so far, I've been pretty good at guessing. <laughs> uh, mm. Not too bad. You know, cool. it, the last one I did, it went up a little bit more. I think I got out at 60, 52, and it went up to 56 or something. And I think it went over 60 here recently. But, you know, it, it's a teeter-totter, and it's going to go up, and it's going to go down. You know, people yeah. lucky with the, the volatility of it. And of course, you know the, the newbies get all freaked out, and um, you know it is what it is. It's going to do that as long as it's around, and uh, you know that's where people make money with it, and you know like the day trading and that kind of junk. But uh, I'm as far as my Bitcoin for me, that's like you know gold in, in the physical realm. Uh, it's a store of value and wealth. Um, you hang on to it, and it's going to go up. There's no question. Uh, we're still, I'm still hearing projections of 100,000 by the end of the year, which you know, we're getting on fire now. It's only less than 30 days to that point, so it may make it, it may not. But um, I think Cliff High uh, had some kind of thing that said when when it's when it gets to around 50 and then it drops to around 30, that same year it will be 100 before the end of the year. That's according to his wow. whatever, and that's what happened this year. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Mr. Chip? What? I'm very impressed with Michael Stable. Listen to him. Mm, I've heard of him, but I've never heard of I've heard of him, but I've never heard him. <laughs> I guess you put it that way. And on a number of different channels on YouTube. And uh, very impressive. I mean, his whole career, his, his approach, his understanding, his experience, just Amazing. Yeah. Does that have to do with cryptos? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. His company, MicroStrategy, bought 7,000 Bitcoin in the last couple of months. 7,000 of them. Wow. So you've got, that's that's a pretty good coin. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would have liked to have 7,000 uh, about 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I would have been having $7,000. $7,000 worth. Oh man, I'll tell you what, but, uh, you can do too much things one now. I'm kicking myself for not getting involved with it or at least looking at it the first time I heard of it. Uh, but like most people, like even Andreas Antonopoulos, the first time he heard of geek money, you know, <laughs> that's not going anywhere. <laughs> oh boy. I'm just glad I got in when I did. It's, it's, uh, that one seven hundred eighty-eight dollar purchase is still paying off for me, and man, I've made my money back. I can't bet on how many thousands of times. <laughs> well, it might not be thousands, but bunches, and uh, it will be down the road. But, uh, yeah, you just you can't. Have the 2020 hindsight lose and just you know, get in where you're at. And know that when it comes to this stuff, we're still at the uh, tip of the spear, tip of the iceberg, whatever, tip of whatever you want. Um, it's going to keep going and going and going and going. And 
say that most folks are going to go more than a tenth of a Bitcoin. And uh, so, wow, that's pretty wild. I'm a little above average, I guess. Due to late, late interest, late uh, acquiring. Uh, kind of. Uh, it's just, you know, most people have never even heard of it yet. You know, when they look at the number of wallets that are out there and the number of people, um, I mean, Bitcoin is still in its infancy. And uh, people are, you know, around the world, they're slowly but surely hearing about it. And uh, as things go with all the stuff that's going on now, with the financing and everything else, the potential is huge for a lot of people to be finally waking up and saying, hey, i got to figure something out because this central banking system is killing me. Uh, $7,000 Bitcoin, according to my calculations, is $280 million. That's not bad. <laughs> I can play that. With that was a, a lot of hay for your horses. I'm telling you what. And someone else will load it and deliver it and stack it and everything else too. <laughs> I never have to touch it except to feed them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'll tell you what, it's people have no idea the potential, not just the Bitcoin, but everything that's wrapped around blockchain technologies. Um, yeah. The level of finance, the, the millionaires or billionaires that are going to be made um, is just yeah. unbelievable. Because uh, I don't I don't understand it at all. All I know is from what I'm seeing, the multiplication capabilities and the growth capabilities, if you hook your cart to the right horse, are just astronomical. And I think that's what we've got with the hyperfund, hyperbird. These two guys are just absolutely genius. You know, they, that's why they call uh, Ryan Jim. I mean, he came uh, into the program and just, I mean, just blew everybody away with his uh, out of this world thinking. <laughs> and uh, it's it's the things he's managed to do. I mean, billions and billions, uh, and the programs they're developing. They don't need our money. They need our bodies. That's the thing. They need customers, and they're willing to create programs that reward